0: Welcome to Functional Design in Closure. I am Christoph Newman, and I am Nate Jones. Each week, we get together and we discuss a software design problem and how we might solve it using functional programming principles and the Closure programming language. So, Nate, this week, what have you been thinking about? Well, well, Christoph, um, I think we've got
1: a pretty good Twitter app. Now you know we've been we're building a Twitter app in the, a terminal Twitter app, and 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 the last episode we we took it we kind of un we pulled the ball of mud apart and made it a nice uh, brick yeah. edifice uh, using yes, the component yes. library. Uh, so now it works for dev and production. Uh, you know production as much as production means it always means something other than dev, and uh, we're ready for growth. We're ready to start start tacking on new features. Um, sure. And and I think I think we're we're getting close to we we've, we've been doing this, this storyline for I think five or six episodes um and so I think yeah maybe we're ready to, to, to set this one on the table for a little bit and talk about something else but but before we go uh, I I think that there's one glaring thing we need to fix before before we set it down uh and, the and that's
0: discourse on Twitter. Uh, Nothing will ever shut that down. The hostility? (laughs) Oh, you mean like something under our control. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. As a developer, you always learn very quickly what's under your control and what's not. Uh, And it's very little. Very little is under your control. Uh, Yes. So being being more specific, uh, what's under our control is all along we've been developing this code. We just have our Twitter credentials just write just a, a map in our source code.
0: Um, oh and- right, yeah. Way back when we first started working on this, the idea was just get that auth token, like the the because there's the auth to- the token like the client token, and then we use that to get like the auth token, right? Like the uh, right, and so just get that client token and just copy and paste that in a def right there in your code, because we we have work to do. We want to get this thing working. We want to use our Repl make it happen. And right. I, yeah, I forgot about that. It's just still sitting there, right there in the code, isn't it?
1: Yes, and 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 the danger in having that just in the code is that you might accidentally commit it. So you can be careful that every time you commit, you you kind of you, you, you get add dash patch, and you, and you don't you always skip that line. Uh, but but then you know one one time you're working late at night. It's ten o'clock at night. Maybe that's not late for some people, but it is for me. And and you just say, ah, I'm done with this feature. git commit dash a, and then a message and done. And you forget. Oh, now it's yeah. in your history. Now it is forever in you know what really gets there. me?
0: Like when I make those mistakes and I check stuff in accidentally yeah, yeah. is file name renames. Because then like add patch is like, oh, you have this whole new file. Look at all this blob, right? So this like one line that I've been curating out each and every time. Like when I when I rename that file. <laughs> oh,
1: so then you you it, miss it because you don't yeah. see. Yeah. It oh, It gets yeah, hidden in in one. the
0: mass, right? It's like the the downside of Git inferring renames.
1: Right. It's a little too dumb of a dumb content tracker.
0: Right. Okay. It's a little too Git like. <laughs> yes.
1: A little too like its own nature na- name. Um. So. So now. So I don't want the. I don't want the credentials in the code. So we got got to get them out. We got to put them somewhere else, somewhere in another file that we can get ignore.
0: Right. So this is like the classic case for configuration.
1: (laughs) Yes. And so how about if we? So we need
0: a configuration management system, right? Oh, Oh. wait, that's a totally different problem.
1: (laughs) Yes, a classic case of of using a name for something else. Uh, Yeah. So I would say, how about if we just put it in a file? We just put it in a, in a file and you in the the root of the repository that says you know it's like config.edn sure. or something. Or maybe we call it dev config.edn. So we make sure that you know we get ignore it. So it's it's obvious that it's not it's not for production. It's not how we how we uh, do things.
0: I thought you meant like just take the token and copy and paste it into a file and just slurp the file in. Uh, I, I was I was thinking a little something a little more higher level where you actually have the, the the twitter
1: the the four different things we need to supply the twitter wrapper so it can generate the token um oh, okay sure so that way we we don't have to change it every time we want to run the app and it's been a while uh we can just you know give it the i i, I forget i would have to go look and back look back at our the code that we have you know it's it's like there's a client secret and a client ID and then there's two other things too, I forget, which like an application ID. And so you just put all those as like in a in a in a file. Okay. You know.
0: So we're gonna have a map in a file, and we might as well make that file an EDN file, right? So it's just like an EDN literal in a file. We'll just call it what config edn and our application is gonna go, hey, let me look in my application route. Is there a file called config edn? Oh there is? We'll slurp it in, and then we'll parse the EDN, and we'll have a closure map, and voila, config. Is is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. I I, I was thinking we we should call
1: it you know dev configure, dev EDN, or something like that to indicate that this is for development purposes because we're 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 slurping the file in. Uh I think I think if we want to do it in product in production, like when we're, we're running this just as a pre built app, there's there's different considerations. But for right now, we wanna we wanna name this thing what it is, which is you know, this is just the dev credentials.
0: Well, okay, so um then that begs a question. <laughs> what how do we config like? Why is this dev EDN? Why wouldn't we just call it config EDN? What is this distinction you're making, dev versus what? Like, I just run this thing on my machine, right? Like, what is production? What is dev? <laughs> uh,
1: that's true. I mean, we can we can just we can just call it config EDN for now. We'll, we'll we'll talk about any renames later.
0: Okay, so why EDN? I mean, I'm pretty sure the JavaScript community <laughs> decided that JSON is the one true format for all information. <laughs> oh, um, well,
1: we're reading it with Clojure. So Clojure's you know, native... Uh, uh, I don't know if it's it's the way that it's... It, I mean, it's Clojure source code, EDN is, uh, but it's the way of... It's the way of specifying. It's kind of like closures version of of JSON, um, but one thing that I know that you can do in, in Clojure closure or in J, in EDN that you can't do in JSON is you can actually have comments. Uh, I can't, I yeah. can't believe that JSON for all these years has not had comments in it, um, and I've seen some really abominable ways that people introduce comments into JSON by having like keys with underscores and values that have all kinds of other things. But um, but I think yeah, I think EDN as as our data or as our configuration allows us to 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 change it and to reread it and that kind of thing without having to um, to make it valid JSON or ma- obey some draconian sure. rules.
0: Sure. Well, what do you what do you think about environment variables instead? Because one of, one of the annoyances I have with configuration files is now you have this file you have to manage. You're still writing it down. Um, something has to have access to the file system to get it in there. Like, I know you and I like to run a lot of things in Docker. And so then if we want a configuration file with all the config in Docker, then we have to bind mount that file for it to be found. So it's like like another thing. And so we'll have like a Docker Compose config. I know without going into all the thing, but Docker makes it pretty easy to get an environment variable in there. And so now we have this this file we have to write out as part of like a deploy process or a build process. So why not just use environment to get config in there?
1: Well, I you just you because of all the reasons you just talked about, environment variables are perfect for production. They're they're, they're you can specify them via some outside mechanism like Docker or Kubernetes or whatever, you know, sourcing environment.sh file something like that. You can do all those things for production, but in development, uh, okay, quick, how do you change environment variable? Well, in 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 development, you have a persistent REPL running. You have you you, when you load that REPL, that REPL has an environment that when it starts up, and so if I want to change those values, uh, I don't know if you can override the Java environment inside. I'd have to look it up. Um, right. So the, right. the, no, the point d- of having the, the, the EDN file is that every time you, you reset the application using the component REPL stuff, you c- it'll reread that file. And, and so you can change that and reset. And it's a very easy way of changing your, your application's configuration instead of having to exit the REPL, change your environment, source that thing, whatever, and rerun your REPL, which kind of gets you out okay. of the whole benefit of REPL.
0: Well, I'm hearing a little bit of an assumption there. <laughs> oh, every wh- time oh, oh, you that? reset your application with a component REPL. <laughs> so, are yeah. you saying component like has support for EDN config files? We just give it the path and and it like loads that stuff in for
1: us? No, 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 not not quite. Um, uh, so, in in development, you specify basically you tell the the component rebel framework or set of functions whatever you say you say this is the function I want you to run and it'll generate at you a new system and so right now we so, have a, a new system map our uh, new a function called new system that gets a new system map um, and so, so what
0: do you want to do in this code the the code that we're messing with for Twitter
1: right right so we, we, we have that in our in our code but all that function does is create a new system so we basically have to inject make that function load the config also because component really has a it it, it gives you a, a hook for creating a new system, but it doesn't really care what 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 goes on with that function. And so it's up to you to when you load that system, you have to load the config at the same time. Or load the config and pass it into okay. your new system function.
0: So I'm hearing a couple of things on your mind. So the first is you really want to handle the the development case we we want to be able to change the configuration kind of like we if it was built into the source we just go edit the value in the source and we use our component REPL that we got in place last time to just reset the app that's going to reload everything and now we're going to have a new new value like if we're, if let's say we expire our token we regen our token or let's say we want to use like a sandbox endpoint instead of the real endpoint I don't know if Twitter has a sandbox endpoint off the top of my head. But yeah, that convenience of just go and edit the value, reset, you're ready to go. So you 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 like that feeling. And if we put it in the environment for development, then we have to exit the REPL and come back in. And that and that truly or, is a pain. Like exit yeah. the invariable, source some config file that that puts it in the environment and then come back in. And then the second thing I'm hearing is we have to plumb this configuration value through. Somehow, right? So we have to write some code that can read it out of the file and parse the EDN. And then we can make that that thing, like we have a function, and we just make that available as a component. Just like we made our core async channel available as a component, we make config available as a component. And so we have our fetcher component, we have our web endpoint component, and then they both depend on this config component, and then they get the config.
1: Yeah, yeah, precisely. The nice thing about component, like we talked about last time, is you don't have to implement the lifecycle methods. You can just have any, basically any closure value that you want, and component will weave it together uh, right. into in, into any of the other components that depend on it.
0: So we'll make like a little, uh, a small little namespace called config, you know, off our app, app.config. or Yeah. M- and and then in there we'll make a function, and that function just knows to look for so so that's why you wanted to call it dev edn, because really this edn file is just going to be for dev, right? Yeah, I think I was I was thinking ahead of of I don't we in production we would
1: we would like to use environment variables for the reasons that you just talked about cuz you don't really you're you're only really starting you only really start a, a production application once and you and you you start it by running java jar whatever you know you don't you don't. You're not reloading inside of that application, but in development, your REPL, you're you're going to reset that you know hud, hundreds of times maybe uh, over the course of your development, and so you want right. you want to be able to have something that's a lot more fungible, and and files are way more fungible than the environment, at least as far as the JVM is concerned.
0: So your answer in uh, an EDN file or like a config file versus the environment, your answer is have your cake and eat it too, To <laughs> both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: so I mean, so you, so you have to have two functions. Then you'd have one function that would load the, the load the config from the EDN file, and another one that would load the config from the environment, right? And you would just use those depending on where you're create construction. You're constructing your new system. If you're constructing a new system in a component REPL, you would use the from the file uh, yeah. function, and in your main when you con- construct it for so to speak production, you would call the from environment one.
0: That makes sense. Okay, so we have that namespace config and we have two functions from environment and from file. We call those and it's going to give us back a map with keys and values, right? Yeah, for sure. and and presumably they each give us back the identical like shaped map, right? The keys are the same. Ooh. And
1: I think I think this might be another good place for uh, we don't have to go into it, but another pl- good place for schema. We could have both of them return the same the same uh, structure. you know, we, we could guarantee that it, they start the same.
0: Right. So we put the schema in this config namespace, or spec, and basically specify, OK, these are the values that should exist for this. And then we can in- enforce that so that we, we're, we know we get a full set of configuration. And so I would say there has to be some logic in there for defaults, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Especially in the production case. Uh, I mean, like you know, the things we're talking about right now, like Twitter. You know, you need to have the client ID and the client secret no matter what. Like, there's nothing that you wouldn't. But say you want to have some tuning for some other part of your application, uh, where the default is a sensible thing. So yeah, you you definitely want to have some logic in there that takes the environment and and turns it into what your config, what your application expects.
0: Right. So uh, a clever thing. Well. Maybe I shouldn't call it clever. <laughs> but a thing I have done before, <laughs> you decide if it's clever. <laughs> is I'll have a function that it's really just like a def, right? It's it's the entire config map and it's all the defaults. And then and then you have another function that will load the EDN out of the file. And then what it does is it merges it with the defaults, right? So basically you can overwrite and shadow those keys, right? Like Whichever ones well, you specify.
1: Sure, and you can even have it so that one function the the Right, so that the, the one that loads from the environment be the one that provides the defaults. Like you have you have defaults you have from the environment and you have from the file. And oh, each it's of like the three of those can merge yeah. you can just merge them in that order and the later ones will will overwrite.
0: Oh yeah, because yeah, that I've had that problem before like if the environment variable isn't defined um you can get like an empty string. And I just can't remember off the top of my head cuz um I know so you and I we've used the env the env um environ. Yeah, environ. Yeah. <laughs> and so that basically says okay, get it out of the environment or use this default. So basically we have we use a from env to either get the environment or the defaults and then we can have from file call from env for the default slash environment and then it can and then whatever we define in our dev edn that just gets laid on top of that
1: yeah 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 and and so it it if the dev is not there which it won't be in so to speak production uh then it'll just be the environment and and that and that should be sufficient right
0: yeah, that makes sense. So then we get those layers, right? We get the defaults. So we know there's always something there. Then we get the environment on top of that. And then we can get some dev EDN, like a development settings on top of that. Yeah, because like uh, we're not sending email in this app, but a mail server is a great example of where I have totally different settings in production and development, Um you know the production mail server is way more locked down and et cetera, et cetera, and I can just bounce things off of my local ISP's SMTP server for development.
1: Yeah, or do something else. The one thing I like to do with, especially like sending email, is if the configuration, like the application, if the configuration is not there, like so the variable the values aren't set, it just prints the prints the email that it would send out to the log. So when I'm in development mode, right. I can say, register myself or whatever, and it just prints out my registration email in the console instead of having me to go look for some dev mailbox.
0: Right. Yeah, and so I really like the, I really like environment variables in general. I think they're just super handy. There's so many good ways, depending on how you deploy, to get things into the environment. It really is sort of the universal language of, of making a, a config value available. And and so that's that's really convenient, but I definitely it is annoying to have to exit the REPL to, to get the new environment variables. So an environ environ the li, environ library doesn't help us with that very much that I've been able to figure out. So yeah, I like having that extra dev EDN on top of it.
1: Yeah, so the environment, they do have the, the support for things like uh, landing in profiles, and so you can load up different profiles and it, it'll trigger things in, into the environment and that kind of stuff. Um, but it doesn't provide the same flexibility as just a file and reloaded that file every time you reset your application. So that there's yeah. no, no, nothing, nothing is as, as
0: quick as just editing the file. <clears throat> right, you just edit, save, reset in your REPL. And you're, you're good to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess you could have a, a fourth level where there's actually a map in your code somewhere. But then again, there would be the danger of committing that somehow. So having a separate file is right. the closest thing to, to committed code is probably probably the safest bet that we can have.
0: Yeah. And I like to have the default to make sense for development. Because you, you should be able to check, philosophically, I think you should be able to just check out the code and run it, and it's not going to explode if you don't have any configuration set. Like in this case, if there's no Twitter API key set, well, then maybe it should whine and say, hey, I don't have an API key, and it, and the fetcher won't do anything. The fetcher will just sit there and do nothing, but, but it will still be running, you know, in this case.
1: Right, it shouldn't cause a, a, a stack trace that blows past your your terminal on the first run. It should just be like, it should be helpful. It should be like, hey, well, actually, so if if we went the schema route, you would have um, the from file or the from dev ADN function, we'd have the Twitter config marked as as required. And so you'd get a nice uh, closure spec or closure or uh, schema error that would basically be like, hey, the, we need the twitter stuff to continue on and it would it would actually be a helpful message that other than just you know some twitter curl or some twitter connection failing because you know you got a 401 on that
0: right so whether you do, whether you inspect the map yourself and go hey look it's using the default value which is the empty string here yeah print helpful error or you try to make spec do something for you it it shouldn't just die or it shouldn't just stack trace or something like that.
1: Right. Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's a lot more libraries nowadays for making spec and cl- uh, schema errors more palatable to humans. And uh, so we try to use one of those. So
0: what all is going to be in this configuration? You said, uh well let's see
1: well ne- okay so now we have this really cool way of loading data from outside of our application to affect its 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 uh behavior uh, so w- the first things we want obviously are the t- the Twitter the Twitter like the client
0: ID and then the client token
1: yeah and then there's an application ID and there's another there's a fourth one too I can't remember what the name of it is
0: oh yeah the application ID. Yeah. and then uh, the Twitter. How about the Twitter API URL? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, are there
1: any other strings in our application that we want to we want to <laughs> externalize? Um, I mean, we we could write that, but I don't I don't think there's actually a dev version of that endpoint. Um, so maybe, maybe I don't. You know, I don't. I don't think it makes sense to to put that as a configuration value. You know, we, 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 there are things that we basically, how about this? How about we, we think about it in such a way, like what, what if someone who does not know how our application is written, what, what could they legitimately change? And there would be a reasonable expectation of the application functioning.
0: Yeah. I like to think of what items are actually under your control or what items actually vary right that the, the twitter api endpoint doesn't vary <laughs> it's defined by twitter so it's not under our control and right. and it doesn't vary there isn't like the alternate environment right like like twitter doesn't give us oh here's the dev environment here's the staging environment here's the prod environment you know so so it doesn't actually vary and and then let's say Twitter did give us dead, dev prod and staging. The the URLs for those don't vary the oh, fact you're in yeah. dev, the fact you're in prod, the fact you're in staging is what varies. So the, the configuration item isn't the URL again. The configuration item is are you in dev, Twitter dev, Twitter prod, Twitter staging,
1: right? That's so it's so much better to give it a semantic meaning. Because then, because if if you look at a Twitter URL, unless you can really good at figuring out, oh, this, you know, it's got staging.twitter.com or something. I know it's a staging URL, but if all it is is the word staging, then you know without having to do any sort of URL parsing in your head, um, which I guess is the, the hallmark of good design is the less thinking you have to do, the better. Where, right. where things the more are more semantic.
0: Plain. The config, the oh. less thinking you have to do.
1: Yeah, I like that. Totally. I really like the idea.
0: It's not like a Postgres server where the ops team gets to spin up a Postgres server and then they need to tell us the host name of the Postgres server, right? It's it's like it's a well-known thing. And so I would rather have in our wrapper these URLs. And if for some crazy reason Twitter changes them, you, you kind of treat that as a protocol change or an API change, just like if Twitter changed the parameters you sent in for the search function.
1: Yeah, Totally. Yeah, and I think I think I was thinking about so what other things could we could we affect and also design this way is so right now we grab what was it twenty tweets at a time, well oh yeah well what if we want it to be more aggressive and grab a hundred well we could expose right when
0: you change the search we fetch in tweets right, right? so so, you so could, we say hey I want to see twenty I want to see a hundred when we change the search
1: right and so you could have the number. Of tweets that we fetch at a time be a a configuration variable or better yet you could say like how aggressive do you want us to be like you could make it a semantic thing you're like how much do you want like how much do you want us to cache like the 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 ttl of the of the cache you know you could have sure higher level application settings that bundle together lower level application tunings uh into a, a set of parameters that make sense at that level
0: Right. So depending on what like running, like running constraints you have to deal with, or depending on what variations of deployment you have. Yeah, you you make semantic options for those rather than like Twitter URL, because that puts all the burden on the ops person to be like, Oh, no, what's the right URL?
1: You know? Yeah, totally. You want to make it as easy as possible for anyone running the application.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a this has been a fun conversation today about configuration. It's funny. It seems like such a simple thing, right? You get some values in there, and so yeah, you know, two minutes later, you're done. <laughs> well,
1: like as all things closure, um, it's really important to think about the data first, and then where, and then where that data comes from, and then where the data goes. But as a closure to, closure right. programmer, you really like you really start focusing way more on the data and the representation before you think about anything else, which I think is a really good uh, rule of thumb.
0: Yeah, start with what you need and then where it comes from. It makes a lot of sense. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can also listen to our back episodes and you can read the notes for this episode and you can read the notes for our past episodes on the web at closuredesign.club. Also, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Design.
1: Our email is feedback at closuredesign.club. Please send us your questions and feedback. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, tell us what you like. Tell us what is your favorite episode. Send us an email and tell us your favorite episode thus far. I'm really curious. I'd love to hear what your favorite is. Okay, that's going to be it for this week. Until next week, take care of your environment.